Welcome to Monorail Radio Dockside Chat number 13. I'm Sean. And I'm Jackie. And we are here from a beautiful Friday afternoon, Disney Springs. We got here right before the crowds did. We're going into Easter weekend. Parking was easy to start, but now the walkways are starting to fill in. So I think we hit the sweet spot to get that Lime Garage. Yeah, afternoon, we haven't done this in a while. We've been coming mostly to record at night. And we're going to switch back to that very soon because Lord knows we're not going to be able to do this in the heat of the day anymore. But I think it was just early enough where we got in. It's still nice, still a little bit of a breeze. Um, and we're not going to be baking by the end of this recording. Yes, we got the seasonal margarita. Right now is the hibiscus Rita. So let's give this a taste. Yeah, this is a new one for us. Yeah, we haven't had this one yet. Hey, cheers. cheers. There you go. I should have mixed mine. Let's try that. It's it's good. Let's stir a little bit and try that again. I, I'd say it's, it's good, not great. Of, of the, all the seasonal ones we've had, I think actually this is kind of at the bottom of the list. But I haven't had one that I've disliked, and I don't dislike this, but it's definitely not as good as some of the others. The strawberry basil to me is still the best one. What's odd for me, I mean, what I love about margaritas is that you can't taste the tequila. If it's a good tequila, it's just very, very smooth. And this, I feel like, is what people don't like about tequila. Almost tastes a little tussiny. I think that that's the pomegranate. Yeah, for the hibiscus. But it's just not. Something's not blending together. Something's well. not entirely working. Not a bad margarita, but uh, just not my favorite if flavor I des- combo if I that decide, we've done. If I decide that I'm going back for round two, I'll just go back for a traditional. What's that? The sunset margarita. If you decide. When I decide. But first, we have to get through our conversation today. Because if I start sucking these down too quick, or too quick, it's not going to be much of a conversation. This episode is sponsored by Hidden Mickey Supply Co. Products include Disney and Pixar-inspired 3D straw charms, ornaments, and personalized photo nightlights. Listeners of Monoreal can get a 10% discount with the code MONOREAL10 at checkout. Visit Hidden Mickey Supply Co. on Instagram and Etsy to stay up to date on all of the new releases. So we finally were able to get to Flower and Garden Festival as Disney Parks locals. We did not go last year. Yes, we did. To Flower and Garden? Yeah, we did. We caught the very tail end of it that one day that we went to Epcot, but it yes, was in that in between. We were not APs yet. We weren't APs yet, but we got the tail end of it because I think two weeks after that was when they were starting Food and Wine because Food and Wine just starts like Fourth of July week and it's so bloody early now. We started our yeah, you're right. We started our APs in June of 2020 uh, of 2020 oh my goodness 2022 nothing was happening here in June of 2020 (laughs) Um, and then a month later they switched it over but they didn't go right from flower and garden to food and wine there's like a week turnover in between so you're right we did get the very very end of it Um, and I'm curious to see how we feel about flower and garden because we did it for the first time in 2017 and I remember liking it not loving it Um, We came last year, same thing, liked it, didn't love it. Um, We actually got to the festival twice so far, Um, so we're going to talk about their offerings, and I'll be curious to see after multiple visits if my tone has softened on Flower and Garden, but I think after the incredible experience that was Festival of the Arts, I think that... I think it's a tough hill to climb for them, but you have the passbook here. I do. I'm actually curious to see how much we remember, to be quite honest with you, because the first time we went to Flower and Garden, it was right after our last Dockside chat, so we're almost about a month removed from it at this point, so we're going to do the best that we can with the descriptions. I like Flower and Garden. Like, the topiaries are really fun. Um... Overall, is it my favorite food? No, probably not. Um, Before we launch into this, though, I want to talk a little bit about the merch. Because I like that Figment gets the spotlight at certain times. I like that Orange Bird gets the spotlight at certain times. I really love the Orange Bird merch this year. That 70s-inspired... Those those colors, I really, really like what they put out. But can somebody please explain to me why Snow White is lumped in with those two? I don't know. On shirts, 
on the AP merch? I'm very, very confused. No, I'm, I'm sort of regretting not getting that orange bird hat that I saw that I talked myself out of twice, the orange bird when he's wearing the sunglasses. I'm sort of kicking myself for that. Um, we have time. But we, yeah, we just have to get there before it's over, which, well, we are going to be there again yep. next month, so I'll grab it then. Okay. Um, yeah, so we'll have one more pass-through of Flower and Garden. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why they included her. The only thing I can guess is that her topiary is such a staple that that's why they included her. But let's let's talk about the topiaries for a second, though, because you're right, they're cool to look at, but I find the topiaries to be less impressive now than they were the first time we came in 2017 because I feel like they're leaning a lot more into plastic and they're sort of just decorating plastic molds with plants, whereas I feel like there used to be a lot more... They were a lot more plant-based the first time we came, if I'm remembering correctly. You're making it sound like it's an impossible burger. It's not plant-based. It's a topiary. It should be all plant. But they're not at <laughs> no. this point. And, well, the other thing... And, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm complaining because they are so nice, but the other thing is that they're not rotating them out. I feel like we've seen the same topiaries the last couple of times. And I do like that they correspond, for the most part, to the land that they're in. Like, you have Buzz Lightyear outside of Mission Space. Great. You have Snow White in Germany because that's where the story is originally from. Perfect. You have Captain Hook and Peter Pan in England. That all makes sense. It all flows well. But there are other stories that have come from England and Germany. So you could switch them out once in a while. I remember last year when we went, I thought that the topiaries looked very sun-faded and that they had kind of stopped keeping up with them, and I think that that's right. Because but I think they that were, has more to do with the time of year that we went. Yes, yes. That Well, that's exactly what I was getting to. Having been there now, we were there the first week, and we were there, I think, the third week of the festival, and the topiaries are a lot more vibrant than they were when we went and saw them in June of last year towards the tail end of the festival. Yeah, third week they were really popping, but let's start talking about the real reason everybody is tuning in, which is the food. So we went to the Honey Bistro. Um, Most of the food there obviously is going to be either seasoned with honey or it's honey-based. We grabbed the pollinator flatbread with honey that was whipped mascarpone with honey caramelized uh, onions, a blueberry gastrique, brujute, honey whipped goat cheese, arugula, honey vinaigrette, and bee pollen. That was a flatbread. I did not, I don't believe I dug into that one, but I know that you did. Uh, And I believe this was our first booth. It was. Um, I liked this. It was super messy. It was, I remember it was really hard to eat because it was very windy that day. It was And I was trying to juggle this thing and not have my hair blow into my mouth and I felt like a disaster eating it. Um, it was okay. Um, you know, I tend to like these sort of flatbreads with the brujou goat cheese combination usually like if you get them in a gastropub they'll serve it with pear or whatever so I like how they enhanced it for flower and garden with the blueberries but I feel like the descriptor sounded better than it actually was it was good in theory the taste wasn't bad it just wasn't the the depth of flavor I thought I was going to get I had the chicken and waffles, crispy honey, uh, honey brined chicken, and honey sweet corn. Uh, oh, sorry, uh, that was a honey sweet corn bread waffle with whipped honey butter and spicy honey. I did not care for this at all. It was ice cold when they gave it to me. Um, it was dry. I, I remember, like, it was almost like chewing on the plate that it was served on. The chicken was dry, which was kind of impressive because it's a chicken thigh so it's typically not all that dry and I and the the waffle was it just broke apart and it crumbled I remember walking away and it was the first booth we went to and I thought to myself these this is the reason why I have not taken to this festival so far after a couple of trips but I was cautiously optimistic hoping that as we moved through some more booths that perhaps the experience would uh 
would elevate a little bit more. I feel like that's what most people are complaining about when they're talking about this dish is the cook on the chicken. I feel like we're now almost a month into this festival and they still haven't gotten it right. Uh, listeners, I'm going to apologize. Uh, the guitar player is setting up and usually that music is a lot louder than the normal Disney Springs background music. So we're going to do a little switch in our location right now. We'll I apologize for the maybe. edit. Uh, yeah. But we're not going to be able to compete with this, so we'll be right back. Now that we've settled into our new location, let's move down the passbook here and talk about the next thing that we ate, which was the orange blossom saffron cake from Tangerine Cafe. This was actually how we ended our night. This was the last thing that we got, um, which was nice that it was such a light dessert because we were pretty full from everything else that we sampled. Um, I enjoyed this. I know, I feel like this is a festival favorite and it's really popular. Um, but I feel like this would have been nice if I had it at like a barbecue at somebody's house. To me, it didn't wow me as far as a festival dish. It was good, not great. Honestly, without spoiling my entire review, but I'm going to spoil my entire review, I think the best thing I have to say about almost anything that we ate was good, not great. Um, I will tell you now that there was nothing here that was that was better than anything that we ate at Festival of the Arts. I would agree with that. I think that there, the only thing at Festival of the Arts that we had that could be on the same level as any of these dishes was the uh, gnocchi poutine, which was really not that great at all. So... Call that what it is. When I'm sitting here saying something was not that great at all, and everything else that we ate at this festival is on that level, it really doesn't speak to the quality that you get, in my opinion, at Flower and Garden. We're going to go one more time, right? But I've now been to two, no, now three Flower and Garden festivals, and I've walked away every single time going, maybe the food will be better the next time I come. I, after three times, like, unless unless I just happen to hit three dud days, I definitely think that this festival, for me personally, it's like food and wine and festival of the arts are like 1A, 1B, and this is not even, not even C. This is at least E. Well, festival of the holidays was so great, Yeah, too, it was. As was the food, so that ranks pretty high on my list, but I, I would definitely agree with you, and I feel like... What you just said is you've hoped it got better each time you've gone back. I feel like in the moment that day, we were hoping from booth to booth that it was going to get better. Yeah. And it, it just still stayed middle of the road the entire time. Despite that, in Mexico, <laughs> I tried the uh, quesadilla de flor, uh, de flor de calabaza. I have had like two sips of my margarita so far, and I completely butchered that. Uh, that's a house-made tortilla filled with squash blossom, bacon, onion, zucchini, and cheese. I was really excited for that. I like the um, veggie offering along with the bacon. Um, it was good. It was light. It was refreshing. It, like, it was perfect for this festival and for this time of year. Just, again, flavors, not over the top. Yeah. Um, it's what you'd expect to find here. Yeah. I tried it. Good, not great. Uh, then we went to the citrus blossom. Actually, so I am going to take back what I said. There was one thing that I ate at this festival, because I forgot about this. There was one thing at this festival that I ate that I would put on par with the food that we had that was very good at Festival of the Arts, and that was the orange sesame tempura shrimp with the orange chili sauce. This was dynamite. Now, the key to this, in my opinion, is you have to get the sauce on the side, because... They put so much sauce on it that you totally lose the crisp of that beautiful tempura batter, and it just makes it soggy. But as far as a piece of fried shrimp goes, this was as good as any piece of fried shrimp I've had on property. It's as good as any piece of fried shrimp I've had, period. And I used the sauce as a dipping sauce instead, and that made it lights out. So... Um, it's this, and then there's everything else, for me at least. And they gave you so much of that sauce on the side. 
Like it was an unnecessary obscene. amount. Well, just that's my point. It goes to show how much they would put on the thing. It was ridiculous. I got the citrus baked brie, uh, which is served with a preserved lemon marmalade, uh, lemoncello macerated blueberries, and spiced Marcona almonds. Um, I actually liked the almonds very much. Um, didn't mind the blueberries. I'm not the biggest lemoncello fan. Um, I remember not liking the texture of the brie. It felt like it had been sitting out for a while. Well, it was probably sitting in a, in a hot box, that's why. Yeah. Um, and it, it just didn't let me... Now, th- the interesting thing, though, is that this is at the Odyssey Pavilion, this booth. So everything is inside. You know, they do have... I'm, and it, it's not fair to be overly critical of all of the vendors that are outside in World Showcase because they do a very good job of keeping the food very fresh. But... The fact that you are working with an indoor kitchen, I shouldn't have had rubbery cheese. Especially when it's baked brie. Right. Yeah, baked brie is kind of like a staple of a really nice, a really nice appetizer at a restaurant. It's a, it's it's sort of a staple. At like people host a party and they have the baked brie. Come on, Lewis Tully, is it too warm in here for the brie? Like, <laughs> yeah, for it to have an off texture, a rubbery texture. It certainly is kind of off-putting. Um, but I think, as we're kind of flipping through the book here... Okay. We're completely out of order. We're, we're out of order in which we actually ate these things, and I skipped a page in the book. That's on me. Sorry. Right. All right. We went to Magnolia Terrace at the American Adventure. This is where <laughs> I'm going to stand corrected. Okay. Uh, I got the muffaletta panini, um, ham salami, mortadella, provolone, Swiss, and olive salad. I hate olives. Man, was this good. But it's, This I enjoyed very much. It's so funny to me that the best thing that you ate, in, in just thinking about the festivals yeah. as a whole, Festival of the Holidays, Festival of the Arts, you know, Flower and Garden and, and, and Food and Wine Festival, if you had said, where's the best two items coming from in this festival, and you said the American Adventure and the Odyssey, for any other festival, people would look at you and wonder what you were on. <laughs> yeah. But well, you really did love this. I did, and I like that they offered something different, uh, both dishes, because the other one, uh, or I'm sorry, the other two dishes are a spicy chicken gumbo and a crawfish pie. I like that these are representative of a style of cooking that is very unique to the United States. I feel like normally you go to the America Pavilion booth, and it's a lobster roll. Which, yes, New England, known for their seafood, great. But I feel like that's pretty standard. This, I feel like they were thinking outside the box. So America was by far the winner of this particular festival for they, me. Yeah, they leaned a lot into the like the Creole and the New Orleans flavors this year at the American Adventure. Um, and I had the Bananas Foster pudding, and it was good. I mean, it's bananas foster pudding. It's kind of hard to louse it up. It, but it was good, not great. Um, that was, I think that was it. I think that's all of the food that we sampled. Because quite honestly, for me at least, after the first few booths, because think about when we went to Food and Wine, think about when we went to Festival of the Arts, like how much food we were able to review and discuss and talk about. Going through here, after these few that we went to, because the tempura was one of the last things that I ate that day. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember saying, you know what? I'm just going to go to the tea booth in China and get a couple of egg rolls. And I'm going to go to Germany and get my Bavarian pretzel. Pretzel und Bier. Thank you, Stacy. But I always get that pretzel. Frankly, I think the egg rolls out of that cart... I think they're like $5.75 for two of them, or maybe it's $4.75 for two of them. It's excellent value, and they, they're just like really good egg rolls. But I remember just quitting on the booths after the first few. Well, we also, let's not forget, you did Guardians, which took a little chunk of time. About 45 minutes. So we did cram these booths into probably about a four-hour span, so I think our pacing was pretty good. And then... We wanted to see Harmonious for what we thought was going to be the last time. Yes. Oh, no, it was not. Uh, because what ended up happening uh, about a week ago, actually it was a week ago today, uh, Sean was not scheduled to work on 
Friday night. Um, I'm still between uh, shows right now. So we figured let's go to Epcot for happy hour. And it turned out that a couple of our friends were going to be there. And we ended up rolling up to Epcot with eight people. (laughs) I have to say, I was so impressed with this group. I mean, so I, I should have led with this. One of those people is my best friend, Joe, who we always talk about. We've been friends since we're 12 years old. It doesn't take a lot for us to communicate and plan a day. It's very easy. It just kind of flows. Um, so it was Joe and Tyler. Uh, Kelly, who you know better, listeners of Monoreal Radio, uh, as Kelly of Karma and Kismet and her husband, Pat. Um, and our friends, Corey and Erica, who just got engaged. Um, so not everybody knew each other. It was a lot of people knew each other through someone else. But for some people just met, we were a well-oiled machine moving through World Showcase. I was so impressed that there was not a lot of time to decide anything. Everyone was just very quick, very decisive. There wasn't a lot of like bouncing back and forth between countries. It, we started out at Rosencrown. Which everybody, without even question, because yeah, it, it we setting. came in from the boardwalk. Yes. Because we had had cocktails at the new lounge at boardwalk. The Bellevue Lounge, the Bellevue. which is also a great parking hack. If you're going to be in World Showcase and you don't need to worry about getting into the front of the park, and if you don't care about missing the construction walls at the front of Epcot, highly, highly recommend. Can't promise it's always going to be that way, uh, but we, when we went in, Full disclosure, we told them we were going to Abracadabra and we had no problems. But we Don't were. Don't come for me if that doesn't work for you, though. No, but if you're going to do something like that, go spend money at the resort. Yes. Don't be fair. a jerk. Fair, fair. Like, we were going to go to Abracadabra. It just happened to be that everybody else was going to the other lounge. No, and Joe and Tyler had a couple rounds before we got there and had another one after we had to peace out for the dog. And I Sorry Joe and Tyler. Yeah. Going you're right under the bus. And then I I had a walking beer to bring with me to World Showcase. But we had cocktails, we walked over, headed in through the back and as we're scanning in I forget who it was that Pat was just, just materialized. Yeah, Pat materialized and then Kelly was there and I don't remember who it was but somebody was just like Rosencrown and we all said well okay. of, but of course because we came in that way. Went to Rosencrown. Got a table, which was yeah. shocking. We For eight snagged people. a little high top table. Um, and then from there, it was just pretty much an even split of like four people would finish their drink and get a new one. And then the other four would either go to the bathroom or go to the next country and get their next drink. Yeah, get online, we'll meet you over there. It was just such a great system. Well oiled machine. I got my I got my pretzel again. Because I'm just going to say this now. I'm never going to be in Epcot and not get the German pretzel. It's the best pretzel on earth. I will vouch for that because it doesn't matter what else he has eaten, where we are coming from, what we are going to eat. If Sean is near Germany, he's getting a pretzel. That's it. But the most exciting part of the night, other than kissing Harmonious goodbye, was the fact that the pizza window at Villa Napoli was open. And I heard, I heard it was closed and it was not going to reopen for the rest of the season. That was another thing. I don't remember who said, I have no idea who said it, but somebody said, let's see if the pizza window's open. And seven other people were just like, it's open, done. Got online, line moved fast. Line moved super fast. It really did. It was, I think it was about 10 minutes and we had massive, massive pieces of pizza. Now, they're not the round slices. They're more of like your grandma slice. The not thick, crust. thick like a Sicilian, but pretty But thick. pretty pretty close, though. Um, holy smokes. Worth every single word of hype you've ever heard about this pizza window. And it was very, I thought, reasonable for its price. I thought so, yeah. Because I think for the seven or eight bucks that you spend... It's really, in terms of, like, total size, I think it's the size of two regular slices of thin crust pizza. I would agree with that, yeah. Um, but so good. And, and that's an area that I'm looking forward to spending a little bit more time in um, and doing the wine bar. Yeah. Um, 
You thought the same thing I did just now. I totally did. It's well, not. We had I, to double take. I, I trip take. We thought her friend Brendan uh, from Detour to Neverland was here. Brendan, you have a doppelganger. You've got a doppelganger. No, you've got a twin. You've got somebody that has stolen your identity. No, I, I did a double take, and when I didn't see Catherine, I was like, no, not him. So, really, really good pizza. Uh, highly recommend. And then we went and saw Harmonious. We said goodbye to Harmonious, but in tr- true... the last time like, for reals this time. Because the day that we went, it was the last night of Harmonious. I have to say, though, um, Harmonious grew on us quite a bit. Um, admittedly, seeing what they did when Idina Menzel hosted the live concert, that very much changed my mind. But what also changed my mind was, for the first time in forever, you and I watched from the front of World Showcase. We watched it straight on, which we had not done before. We were missing quite a bit. For as much as you think you have the angle of the you know, vortex portal and you can see what we were missing is what's going on above it. We had no idea that in the Moana section, which we could care less about to be quite honest, that there's a, a ray and they do the waves over the top of with the lasers. With lasers. And for Beauty and the Beast, they have the rose up there. So that was cool and I was glad that we took the time to get that vantage point at least once and then for our last viewing of it our our real last viewing uh, we watched from England like right outside the bathrooms and and you it really does make all the difference in the world we missed all of that we always watch fireworks from Rose and Crown and then one of the uh, one of the tacos was out but they've just given up at this point. It's the last night. Yeah. And also, the show started 15 minutes late because of technical difficulties, because of course. Yeah. We didn't even think we were going to get to see it at that point. We thought we were going to have to start making our way back to the car. Yeah, but we saw it, we said goodbye to it, and I'm very much looking forward to our next trip to Epcot, where we can go and enjoy Epcot forever. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right, let's delve into some other things uh, going on in the world of Disney, starting with... Oh, no, we have something else. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, well, this morning, we, we oh, did do... Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead. No, well, we we don't have that much else in terms of, like, restaurants or anything, because this will come as no surprise to anyone. I was back in New York for a week. I had a baby shower to go to. Um, so... Other than those two trips to Epcot, we really didn't do a lot of, like, Disney Springs nights or restaurants or anything like that. But one thing I wanted to do uh, was see the Easter eggs. I wanted to do something a little festive uh, for spring. So this morning, um, part of the reason we mentioned before that we got into Lime Garage was because we were here by 10 o'clock in the morning. Uh, So we immediately went down the escalator and popped back out to the buses and got a bus for Grand Floridian. I can't even tell you how stupid excited I was to be on a Disney bus again. It should not have made me so happy, but it did. And in amazing fashion, we had to chase after it before (laughs) it left. So little has changed. Yes. Then I stopped missing the buses so much. But uh, yeah, it brought me right back to vacation. Uh, So we took... The bus over to the Grand Flow, uh, we got a little coffee from Gasparilla Island, and then we went inside to see some Easter eggs. Um, they were cute this year. I feel like there were not as many as there were last year. I mean, we know we know that they recycle some from the year prior. If they've held up, if the chocolate hasn't melted, if they're not falling apart, they will reuse some of them. I'm but sure I they just... epoxy the hell out of those oh, things. Yeah. But I feel like there were just less of them. Um... The one that was really impressive, there were two standouts. One was a working clock. It was Alice in Wonderland, and the gears actually turned and the time was correct. That was pretty cool. And I really liked how um, they did Alice in the White Rabbit sort of photorealistic, and to me it looked better than anything that Tim Burton put out when he did the live-action remake. Uh, And then the other standout for me was the Main Street Electrical Parade, I almost screamed when I saw it, which would have echoed throughout the lobby. I gasped really loud when I saw my Elliot. And I dare say, was this Easter egg, in fact, an Easter egg? I think we're getting it back. 
I would hope so. For the 100-year celebration, I understand why we didn't have it here for the 50th, because it's just too much. Yeah, there was enough pomp and circumstance, and they still had shortened park hours. Exactly. So I, I, I understand why, but 50's done as of uh, two days ago, so let's get it back. Yeah, so we hopped the bus from Grand Flow, came back here to record Dockside, and while we were on a bus, uh, news breaks that we're getting three more Star Wars films. Star Wars Celebration is happening right now in London, and we're getting three more Star Wars films, uh, and Ray is getting a return, So, which I, I'm not surprised at, because when Daisy Ridley said she had signed on for a trilogy and that's it, I said, yeah, sure. Uh, money talks, yeah. and you know what else walks. Because but money talks a lot. She made such a stink about not wanting to do them anymore. And then the fans sort of gave her a lot of backlash. And then she was like, all right, well, I would do one more. Yeah, now it's one more trilogy. But I think she's only got one film. I'm, I'm really interested to know if this was always the plan or if they did it based on getting her back for three, if she does in fact do three, or if this is just a Hail Mary to make Galactic Star Cruiser happen. I've been saying for a while that I don't think we need any more Star Wars movies for quite some time. Yeah. Um, I think that the well's a little dry. I think that you're doing enough with Mandalorian that you don't really need more movies. And Ahsoka. We are weeks away from Ahsoka at this point. So, I, I'm, as, I'm as excited as I can be about another Star Wars movie, though cautiously optimistic. That's the most I can say about how I feel about Star Wars. Do we know, do they have a projected timeline? Because if this is like five years down the road... They, I, they, I don't think they said. Just let it breathe for a little I bit. I don't think that they said. But this goes back to what we were saying when they announced the live-action Moana. Like, where, where are the new ideas? What happens to animation? Pixar. Pixar is animation. That's what I think this is. Pixar's animation and Disney is everything else. That's where I think this is going. I, I think that's that's a really hard pill to swallow in a hundred when we're supposed to be celebrating hundred years of the company. Yeah. Celebrating hundred years. Rainforest Cafe agrees with me. Celebrating it's smoking. Celebrating a hundred years of the company. Why aren't we getting a hand drawn film this year? That's still beyond and what about Wish? They teased it. They released artwork for it. And now nada. Yeah, well, they, they tease and release artwork for things all the time, and they never see the light of day. Uh, something that I'm hoping is going away soon is Genie Plus. Ridiculous. Whoa. You know, Bob Iger had come out and said that he thought it was off-putting with the price hikes that had happened here. And yet, the prices have only gone up. But it's that's a business decision I understand it, it's supply and demand. If people are willing to spend it, they'll cry on social media, but if there's enough people buying it, they're not going to lower the price, right? Because you talk with your wallet. But $35 a day. Well, I mean, they did just announce a $17 budget, so... $17 billion? So, I'm sorry. $17 billion. <laughs> okay, now that margarita's kicking in. Uh, a $17 billion budget, that money's got to come from somewhere, and it's not just going to be with cutting people's jobs. Um, I don't think that should come out of our pockets necessarily either. Um, but what was really off-putting about the whole thing is not just the cost. Um, a very big content creator who I'm not going to, to use their name um, because this was in their story. It's not something you can really go back to. Uh, so if you saw it, you saw it. If not, that's okay too. Um, but uh, somebody who makes really good content that we've been following for a while um, and is here pretty frequently came uh, with a friend who hasn't been to Disney in a while. And she wanted her friend to have a good time, so they did Genie Plus for Hollywood Studios. And this is why I'm not going to name names because that's not how I would have done it. I don't think that Hollywood Studios has enough attractions to justify Genie Plus at any cost. We learned that hard way on our last trip that it is literally because you lose one ride, 
Genie Plus is obsolete. No, and it, it's not even that a ride was down where the hiccup happened. The app kept glitching out, and when they went to get to guest services, guest services told them, oh, we just updated it last night. I think that had to do with removing all of the 50 logos out of the app, because if you refresh yours, you will see that yes. the 50 is gone. But you're going to raise the price that much on a day after that you just fixed the app, and then you're going to tell us that there's technical difficulties? Are you kidding me? And offer nothing as, offer absolutely as an apology. Nothing. They went back three different times. Like, that, that is a lot of time out of your day. When you bought Genie Plus to save you time during your day. Yeah, it's a complete counterproductive, you know, system. If you're if you're spending time to save time, yeah, I, that's just an epic fail on Disney's end. I just think I hope Disney. I hope that Disney rectifies this, but until such time that people don't buy it, it's not going to go away. So I, I unfortunately think that Genie Plus is here to stay. Why we had Max Pass that worked so well in Disneyland, and yet they can't figure out how to make Genie Plus work here is astounding, but. Unfortunately, I do think it is here to say something else that is coming back for how long? Still yet to be seen. The sale of annual passes resumes on April the 20th. And those prices went up, but we knew that. They, but depending on the, on the ticket, the average was between $50 and $100 a year. Um, so if, if you're looking for a new Disney Pass... You may purchase it starting on April 20th. If you want to upgrade your existing Disney Pass, you can do so on April 20th. But you can also wait until your renewal date to upgrade your annual pass. And this was something that you and I had a very long discussion about yesterday. Yes, and I feel like the biggest hypocrite because we've been sitting here pounding the table saying we can't wait to go into the parks. Sorry, I just heard Moana and it's completely distracting. Oh, That's she's not on the, the stage. guitar player. It's the. Uh, They're over in the amphitheater. amphitheater yeah. It's a dance it looks crew. Like a yeah, dance. Ball oh, it is still spring break here at Walt Disney World. No, so you have little those kids. They're cute. Um, so anyway, I, I feel like a hypocrite because we've been dying to get into these parks on the weekends, um, especially with me going back to work now, and you and I are on opposite schedules because you're working nights, so we can't even go after I get out. Right. Uh, so the weekends is really all we have, but we were talking about it, and, you know, could we do it now? Sure, but we're having a little bit of trouble justifying it because our next few weekends in April are booked solid. You've got... A race coming up. We have plans with people. Um, then it's my birthday, which we are going to be in the parks for. Uh, but my birthday falls on a Monday, so we don't really need to worry about the weekend in that regard. Uh, and then at the end of May, I'll be back in New York again. So when you account for all of that, we just figured we would end up waiting until we need to renew in June and then we'll do our upgrade to Pirate Pass as well. Yeah, because realistically, if we were to upgrade on the 20th of April, we have to shell out that money right away. Which, because I have to register for Dopey this week, and that's going to cost almost as much as the pass is going to cost. Yeah, Disney's getting enough of our money this week. Disney's getting enough of our money, but we said, like, we're spending money just for the sake of spending it at that point because we know we're going for your birthday. We already have that day blocked out, you know, in terms of work. And it's not a blackout date on the pass. And then you're gone for two weeks. And then the week after you come back, that's our renewal date anyway. Right. It so doesn't it, really make sense to do it before for us. Had they done this... Had they done this at the beginning of the year? Yeah. Had they done this in January? Without question. Even if they had done this in the middle of February, I would have pulled the trigger and done it. If it was January, it would have been a no-brainer because then you get to enjoy the parks where they're at their lowest attendance and the weather's nice and cool. I would have absolutely done I would have been there every weekend in January. Well, I'm kind of surprised by the timing of this because you can make the argument that there was no incentive for them to sell the passes earlier in the year because you're going into spring break. So you wait until after spring break. Okay, great. But four weeks after the passes go on sale, you are in your three busiest months of the year because all of the kids are off from school. 
I mean, unless, and we're not going to know really, right? It might have to do with hotel capacity. Could be. You know, if they see the hotels are filling up or, or are still over a certain percent capacity in January, they might not have felt the need to rely on the APs as much. But we had a lengthy discussion about what do we do about our annual passes. We knew we were going to, at a minimum, we were going to renew. And we knew that we were going to upgrade. But we really had to look at it and say, do we go for the Sorcerer Pass or do we go for the Pirate Pass? In credit pass at fourteen hundred or fifteen hundred a person, it's it's ludicrous at this point. If we lived in Orlando, then probably. But we would also never be able to go on any of the holidays that are not blocked out. Right. So then we looked at the Sorcerer Pass, and it had very few blackout dates. And we looked at the Pirate Pass that had far more blackout dates, most of which come during spring break. I think we're blocked out for three weeks. Then you have the week between Christmas and New Year's and the week of Thanksgiving. Frankly, that's when we avoid coming here because the crowds are just too large. So we said for $200 less, we'll go for the Pirate Pass because basically what we had said was if we don't go for the Pirate Pass, like let's say we bumped up to the Sorcerer Pass, we had considered dropping our Universal Annual Passes. But... That didn't make a lot of sense either because we love Mardi Gras, we love Christmas, we love Horror Nights. So if we were going to go just for those three events, it would cost us more to do those three a la carte than it would to just have an annual pass. And the other thing is that we're able to justify keeping Universal because of the value of what you're getting for that money. You're getting the free parking, um, and to go three times to the parks... It'll pay for itself. And we're going to go far more than that. Right. Because those three weeks that we're blacked out from Disney... That's we're going to go, go to the Universal, yeah. Because that's when, that's when we're in full Mardi Gras mode. Right. So that's when we're going to be spending a lot of time there. So, you know, I looked at it as... If I'm pricing out Pirate Pass versus pricing out Sorcerer Pass, it's $200 less. That pays for half of your annual pass for Universal for the year... So between a one-day pass, even with a Florida resident discount plus parking, all we have to do is go to Universal one time. Right. And we have year-round access to our local parks. It became a no-brainer. So that's what we're going to do. It's just so funny to me that, I mean, we couldn't wait, couldn't wait, couldn't wait. Now now that we finally have it, we're like, eh, two more months. Well, well, because... But I've gotten so used to it at this point. Well, it's not just that, but, like, had we had nothing planned... Yeah. If we didn't have a thing planned between now and our renewal date, I would maybe have considered it. And I would have said, hey, you know what? For the extra few hundred dollars that we're going to spend the week after next, let's make sure that for the next month and a half, we are there once a weekend to justify the money. And we could have done it, but we have too much on the books already. Right. Starting with a race that I'm running. Let's talk about a little Run Disney. Because I'm actually not doing Run Disney this upcoming month. I had mentioned on the last Dockside chat that I did not get into Spring Surprise. Admittedly, I held because I really didn't love the theme. I have enough Pixar medals. Um, I didn't think I needed any more. Once I saw the medals, I was really glad I didn't, I didn't register. So I'm running a 15K in Melbourne. Which I am excited about because I can, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to PR so that I can use it as a proof of time to get better corral placement at Food and Wine Festival or Food and Wine Half Marathon because I did get into the Food and Wine Half uh, Marathon. I, I wanted to do the two course challenge because I wanted the figment medal. Had I not been dead set on doing Dopey this year, I may have done it, but for nearly $400 to run a 10K and get a figment medal, I just couldn't justify it. It was just way too much knowing that I had Dopey coming up, um, and that registration opens up on this upcoming Tuesday. So I'm glad I got the other race. I'm glad that I saved a ton of money because this other race is a hell of a lot cheaper. It's only seven-tenths of a mile shorter than the Toy Story 10-miler, 
and it was 25% the price and includes free beer at the end. Just saying. But I am going to be there that morning for the 10K. I'll be at the boardwalk with the WDW radio running team, part of the cheer squad. I've done it before. I did it during Princess, actually. Um, It was a lot of fun. I'll do it again. I'll cheer on my teammates on Saturday, and then I'm going to go run on Sunday. But I'm excited about registering for Dopey. I just hope that the servers don't crash. The last two registrations have been okay. Disneyland went pretty smooth. Wine and Dine went okay. But Marathon Weekend is a different animal. But I am very excited to finally get registered for that one at least. And you will keep everyone updated because you started a new series on our TikTok recently, tracking your dopey training. Yes. So if you are training for dopey or if you are thinking about running any Run Disney event in the future uh, and you want to keep up with my training, be sure to follow us on TikTok at Monoreal Radio so that you get all of the videos. I've been having a good time with them. Um, My goal is to, number one, hold myself accountable. But number two, and I said it in my third video, if I can accomplish nothing more but get one more person to run Disney, somebody that thinks they can't do it with, you know, a physical impairment or, you know, mentally they don't think that their body can do it or they just aren't motivated to do it because they're intimidated by it, I, I get it. I've been there. But if I can get one more person to run Disney, that is my mission. I have to say, I was very impressed with your TikToks. Um, You came off as very informative. Uh, I mean, you're very much the type of person where it's what you see is what you get. I thought that was just authentic, Sean. And you don't come off as influencer-y at all. So It's kind of fun fun closing in on your 40s when you kind of don't care anymore (laughs) and you can be authentic. Uh, Well, speaking of fitness, um, I don't run, but I will be doing something else. I'm very excited to announce that we are in partnership with Lost Weekend Co., um, who you will remember from uh, the Disney planners she, that Kelsey created that I am absolutely obsessed with. Um, since we did our planner giveaway, um, I've gotten to know Kelsey pretty well. We talk, honestly, almost every day, either via Instagram or via text message, and Kelsey hosted a zoom meeting for all of us who have the planners and you know we got on on a monday night some of us had wine and it was just a cozy relaxed vibe we lit some candles and you know talked about some of our goals and what we want to achieve with the planner and then we had like 20 minutes where we actually like had quiet time while we were still on the call and we would like fill the planner out Uh, and then kelsey also mentioned that she through lost weekend co is going to be doing uh the Grand Book Club. So they're going to have a California chapter at the Grand California, and they're going to meet quarterly and discuss a book. Uh, possibly we might be having one at the Grand Floridian, so I will keep everyone updated on that. Um, but I, it kind of got my wheels turning just because she's created such a great community of supportive women that, you know, reading is good for the mind, and I thought, let's do something good for the body. And what I love so much about Peloton is the Disney instructors who are Disney adults are very open about their Disney adulting. Um, So next Saturday on April 15th, 2023, uh, at... 8 a.m. Disneyland time, 11 a.m. Disney World time. Uh, we are going to take Cody Rigsby's 20-minute Spotify Disney playlist on-demand class. Um, so if you're interested in joining, um, we're going to be posting about it on social media so you'll have the exact times and the exact class that we're going to be doing. Uh, but all you have to do if you have the Peloton bike is just be sitting on it at that time. We're all going to take it together so you'll see everyone on the Active Now leaderboard. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm at Jackie Zoe on Peloton. Um, I forget your handle at the moment. You're on Peloton too, though. Not as much. You're doing the cross training because you're doing the running. Um, I believe I'm SMC1011, I think is my handle on there. I honestly don't even remember because it's different than your other handles. Um, but, but yeah. follow us. Join us. Um, and like I said, we'll be posting more information about this ride. So if you're so inclined and you want to join us, you're more than welcome to. I get to do a repair on the Peloton tomorrow. Yay. <laughs> Let us hope. Let us hope that uh, that part comes. It is. It's coming tomorrow. $2,000 bike held together with plastic parts. Thanks, Peloton. <laughs> no, nothing really bad happened to the bike. It's just the, um, the seat crank. 
Not, e- not even the bolt. It's just the plastic that... It's stripped. Yeah. That adjusts the seat. It's stripped. So... Go figure. I use the thing almost every day, and you decide you want to use it again, and it breaks. 27 bucks with shipping. Thanks for that. All right. Let's, let's move on here. Um, start... Okay. Let's go here. Okay, oh, perfect. Yes. Um, it is our final announcement we have been talking for a long time. Sorry, with the sun glare, it's hard to read the list because we have everything on the phone. It is sunny today. Yeah. Um, I'm glad my phone's not cooking. I'm honestly surprised that it didn't go into that apples yeah, on fire it's mode. Too hot. Uh, we have an event to announce officially. We've been talking about it for quite some time, but we're going to officially announce it now. We are doing a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 Watch and Talk. Watch and cry. Watch and cry, watch and talk, watch and drink, watch, cry, drink, talk, whatever. Uh, so that's going to be on Saturday, May 6th, right here at Disney Springs. Yes, at uh, the AMC. Yes, we're seeing the 4 o'clock screening in, in Dolby. the Dolby Cinema. Um, so there are still tickets available at the time of this recording. Not through us, through Not AMC. Not through us, yes, through AMC. You can either get it through the AMC Stubbs app or um, through the website, so you can get your advance tickets. Um, so please feel free to join us. And even if you can't join us for the screening, if you have seen the film um, by that point, if you go, you know, Thursday at midnight or whatever, because we will be talking spoilers and we're probably going to still be crying, uh, you can join us after at Dockside Margaritas. We're going to have uh, celebratory birthday drinks for my birthday weekend or maybe... And we'll we'll commiserate, yes, exactly, over whatever happens in this Guardians movie. So figure, uh, movies like two and a half hours by the time there's coming attractions, we'll get over to Dockside at like 7.30, 7, 7, 7.30, somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, just stay tuned to the social media, I'll be posting, and uh, yeah, if you want to join us, you're more than welcome to. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Dockside chat. We do them once a month. If you are new to us, welcome. You can listen to us the other Tuesdays of the week when we release our traditional movie reviews, our mono real radio reviews weekly. Uh, Be sure to follow us on all of that social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Mono Real Radio. Make sure to like, subscribe, and rate us on your podcast platform of choice. And for links related to the show, anything related to the show, it's going to be online at monorealradio.com. I'm going to get another margarita, but not this one. For Jackie, I'm Sean. Have a magical week, everyone. Bye.